Meanwhile, on the Godbeat. Hey, Godbeat listeners. I'm Catherine Wittowis, deputy web editor for Sojourners. Ten months ago, the co-chairs of the Women's March organized one of the largest single-day demonstrations in U.S. history. But the march didn't come without pushback, including from conservative religious voices who were upset after the co-chairs removed a pro-life group from their website just days before the march. So when the chairs of the Women's March regathered for a convention in Detroit, Michigan, we were curious about how religion would fit into the story this time around. Here's Jenna Barnett, our Women and Girls Campaign Associate, with the story. The Women's March was the largest single-day protest in U.S. history, so I knew that the more than 3,000 women who attended the Women's March convention in Detroit over Halloween weekend would be women of passion. And there were times when it did feel like a feminist pep rally. Attendees at last week's convention were prone to standing ovations and hefty cheers whenever someone said something about our bodies, our seats at the table, intersectionality, or reclaiming our time. And that's what I was expecting. But what I didn't predict was all the praying and sermons. The Women's March convention was full of spirituality. This is a Lakota song that pays homage to the missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada and the U.S. And with that, five Indigenous women kicked off the Women's March Convention with prayer. I found myself thinking back to the pushback the Women's March co-chairs had received back in January. I don't know if attendees at this convention in Detroit had a range of opinions on reproductive rights, but I do know that they did have a range of opinions on religion. Other expressions of spirituality were more subtle than Pastor Kenny's praise song. Linda Sarsour, one of the four co-chairs of the Women's March and a Palestinian-American Muslim, repeated this statement like a hymn's refrain, Unity is not uniformity. While that notion didn't seem to ring true about partisan politics, it did for religious expression at the conference. Speaker Michaela Angela Davis even called it worship. Along with church, the Women's Convention also had Shabbat. I attended the Kabbalat Shabbat service in a small room packed with about 40 women and few men. The older Jewish woman sitting next to me informed me that Detroit has a rich and large Jewish community. So, it seems, does the Women's March movement. (laughs) 
Ten minutes in, Linda Sarsour walked into the packed room. The significance of a Muslim-American icon walking into this room to simply sit and observe and show respect was clear to me, and the rabbis in the room, one of whom shed a few tears, the good kind. The kind that reminds us that unity is not uniformity. On the last day of the convention, organizers offered a non-denominational worship service. I underestimated the amount of people who would show up for this, and definitely underestimated the number of praise hands I would see in the air just minutes into the service. Hundreds showed up. Five women preached. Sister Hazel Gomez spoke from her perspective as a Puerto Rican and Mexican-American Muslim from Detroit. In the Islamic tradition, when we stand to pray, when we get information, we're encouraged to stand shoulder to shoulder and feet to feet with one another. Why? So that the devil and his minions can't come between us. Next, Detroit pastor Reverend Rosalind Boyer came to the pulpit to tell us to be like the Canaanite woman, who in the Bible story in Matthew and Mark demands that Jesus heals her daughter. Unlike anyone else who received the healing from Jesus, this woman had to plead at his feet. She is an immigrant in a foreign land, but her daughter is sick and she needs a healing. And she's going to get the medical health care that is available for her child. Reverend Boyer reminded the convention attendees that just as the silencing of women is still alive and well today, so are the demons. And with that, the women's convention attendees left the room, many in hijab, many wearing crosses, and some still carrying baggage from a faith long associated with patriarchy and exclusion. They were united, but not uniform. I'd expected the marching orders at the women's convention, but I hadn't expected the amens. This story was written and produced by Jenna Barnett, with editing by Catherine Wodowis. Music by Manos Mars, with special thanks to the Women's March Convention. Thanks for listening.